growth to me or what I try to do with my practice is find out what is your ideal day, right? Doing the type of procedures you want on the patients you know with people you enjoy. This is Growth in Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast where we ask the question, what does growth in dentistry look like to you? I'm Katie Polson, a dental hygienist and your host. Welcome. It's another great day in the dental world. Before we get started, I wanted to invite you all again to join our Facebook dental intelligence community. Come join like-minded data nerds and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Also, got a question. If you have got a question for our C- CEO, Weston Lunsford, you can do that uh, on our web uh, dental intelligence webpage. Uh, just go ahead and fill out the information there, and and you'll be able to record an audio question to Weston, and those actually will get. Make sure everybody keep those clean too yeah. for us, please. <laughs> but uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, those those will get those will get um, answered via our podcast. So go to our podcast page at dentalintel.com. And I wanted to, I got little voice that you hear is uh, Curtis Marshall, VP of Enterprise Relationships. We're glad to have him here with us again today. And Curtis is going to introduce our, um, our lovely guest here. Yes, this guy. Boy, you know, I got a write up here in front of me, but uh, maybe we'll just copy paste this. Personally, I just want to say this guy, Kelly Schwartz, I've known for years, him and his beautiful wife. And these guys, not only do they truly care about people that they, they're a dental coaching firm uh, based out of the East Coast, but they work with offices nationwide. In fact, uh, I believe it's uh, like over 700 offices you've worked with, Kelly, right? 750 plus. Yeah. So, so with that being said, he, he knows exactly what's going on in the dental office, but even more importantly, he truly cares and wants the offices to succeed. It's been something that's been very interesting for me to see how much him and his wife, his whole group there, the consulting group, really takes care of dental offices. And so we're excited to uh, jump in with him today and really pick his brain because, boy, Kelly... I can't tell you how many times we've had late night discussions, weekend discussions uh, on dental practices, on helping them to take better care of their patients. Yeah. So this is going to be great. Yep. He's a wealth of knowledge. I'm excited. I'm excited to share it. So we appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here. Yeah. So, so great. So um, the, we're talking about filling schedules this season mm-hmm. and you are very good at filling the schedule with the perfect patient. So we're going to talk about finding the perfect patient for the hole that you have in your schedule. It sounds like a dream. If you ask a lot of people that have tried it, I have, it sounds hard and, and there isn't, you just keep making calls after calls. So how does a practice achieve that when the schedule falls apart? Yeah. Because, and two, as Kelly jumps in here, uh, Katie, is that there are so many different ways, right? to have the perfect schedule. I mean, the perfect schedule to one person, just like Growth in Dentistry, our podcast here, Growth in Dentistry looks so different to so many people. So does the perfect schedule. So I'm excited to see how Kelly's going to really wrap this up and say this is truly what the perfect schedule is. So not too much pressure there, Kelly. <laughs> but uh, no, pressure, no pressure not. If you share, if you allow me to share screen, I also have some visuals, but I'll talk about it. Yeah, if you're on YouTube, you can feel free to watch this. If you're listening in your car, uh, we'll be explaining it as he as he goes through. So, you know, I'm a big believer that you kind of begin with the end in mind, right? So, if you're a dentist and you're going to do a crown prep, you know what that crown needs to look like at the end of the procedure, and so you visualize this is where I want to go, and you build upon it. 
And so to be successful and to, to fill the practice with the right patient, we want to make sure that you know what is your plan for the day. So be it a schedule uh, for the day, be it a certain amount of patients, be it production, how do you pick the best patient? So the first thing I look for if, is we have a goal for the day. Let's say that goal is 5,000 in production. How do we get there? Well, the best or where it starts is keeping hygiene department full. And by keeping hygiene department full, that's where the majority of the work diagnosed comes from. And that's able to convert with systems and education uh, onto the doctor's chair. But your question is really, how do we pick the right patient? Mm -hmm. So when I ask offices time and time again, what's the right patient? They say the patients who have the most dollars of work to do, which in theory, that is true. But I try to train the team to think of the patients that need the most care, right? So if you, for example, uh, Curtis, will come in every six months for a cleaning, that's fantastic. But if and, and don't need and don't want work, that's one thing, but you want an eight o'clock appointment every six months, you don't do the work, you don't refer the work, you just want an eight o'clock. So you really value the time, not the practice. Katie, on the other hand, she needs treatment. In other words, if she doesn't get treatment, she's gonna have more issues than you will. So we wanna pick the right patient. So what we like to do, and we love using dental intel because it's the only tool I'm aware of as a coach. I know there's other trackers out there, but what I like to do is I train the team to find the patients that have been in within the last 18 months that need the most care. And so on dental intel- and by care, just to clarify there, Kelly, by care, you mean the most treatment? Treatment, treatment needed, right. So Perfect. Okay. that patient who needs treatment and goes untreated, they got a greater chance of having a problem. And I don't want that as your dentist or Katie who just wants a cleaning and she's got twice a year coupons from her insurance company to come in, right. right? So Katie just wants to come and get her teeth cleaned. But imagine if you will, most of my practices have a rather full schedule. So we have a couple openings here or there, but I have more people that need to come in than I have time. So what I will instruct them to do is take a look at the patients that are overdue and then find the patients with the most treatment needed. And then we prioritize. So what, one of the things we'll do is we'll call the first 10 patients that have been in the last six months who have the most care. Then we'll go to the patients who've been in the last six to nine months who have the most care. And we'll go through, the, through all the patients maybe that need $3,000 or more. And instead of going top of the list to the bottom of everybody who's overdue, we go to the patients with the most care. The reason why is we want them to get in before they have more problems. Yeah. Right. I so, love that. I, I love that. Cause it's not, it's not only beneficial for the practice. It's what's best for the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I've yeah. got five openings and 50 patients and I've only got five chairs, uh, five hours in chair time open, Let's pick the patients we can get in and prevent them from having to spend more money, right? We want to catch it before it's a problem. So that's the first place I start. We want to keep hygiene chairs open. And if you think about this, Curtis, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but you follow baseball at all? A little bit, yeah. Tell me, okay. tell me how you're going to bring this together, though. So a, 
Because I love have... hot dogs and popcorn, <laughs> right? But, uh, but I don't know if that's I'm a where... Yankees fan, and my husband's a Boston fan, so we're, oh, we're, real, we're real good at our house. There's real trouble. <laughs> so if you, take, um, if you take two hygienists working full day and they see eight patients, in baseball, pers- a, a batter who bats 320 and above, top of the league, will make tens of millions of dollars. But somebody who bats like 260 is only going to make a million or two, not an only, but they make significantly less, right? And the difference is just one hit out of 10. That's the difference between a, a 320 and a 220 hitter. Well, in dentistry, if you have eight patients in the chair, you have 390 or 448 teeth to look at. But if you only put seven patients per hygienist in the chair, you have 392 teeth to look at, right? So mm-hmm. you lose... Uh, you lose 56 opportunities to find teeth needing treatment. So yeah, keeping butts and eye care is really, really important. And then you don't want to have a patient, a practice full of patients who don't need treatment. I mean, again, beginning with the end of the mind, most practices goals get everybody healthy, right? Mm-hmm. The problem in dentistry is we can't afford to have that. So if we have <laughs> 16 patients come in in hygiene who don't need work, we don't need assistance and we need one front desk. So unfortunately, right. we need to have patients who need our care. And so we like to prioritize those patients and have a system in place to get those patients in the chair with the biggest amount of treatment, or I'll call it the low-lying fruit, right? So we want to be productive, keep our butts in the chair, right, with patients who perhaps need care in our practice. So, so Kelly, this is really cool. So first off, you kind of uh, – to recap here not to not finishing but as far as backing up what you're saying is first you need to know what your goal is so a perf so question for you if my goal is five thousand which i hope your dental office is not five thousand dollars a day but it let's say it is right if your goal is for five thousand dollars five thousand dollars in a day and you have many holes in your schedule is that a perfect day five thousand if you're scheduled to it, your goal is 5,000 per day and you are scheduled to goal, but you have holes in your schedule. I'm curious, is that still a perfect day? In the big, picture, for you? In the big picture, it is to me, Curtis. So you ever watch Prices Right? Oh yeah, no, I love, in fact, <laughs> I, I think my love of animals came from there, but absolutely, Bob Barker and uh, staying home from school and watching Prices Right, absolutely. I'll have to ask you later how love of animals came from Prices Right. <laughs> right. You like, know, spayed and neuter animals. He always oh, talked about it. Okay. Yeah, every time. Right. So one of Bob my favorite games I can remember is the range game, right? So you roll out an item, you guess what it is, and if it lights up in that range right? You win the prize. Well, yeah. in scheduling, we do the range game. So if our goal is 5,000, we want to be within a thousand over and no less than 500 under. So if our goal is 5,000, we want 6,000 to 4,500. That's the big picture goal, right? Mm. It's not about having a full schedule because I could put in your schedule, Curtis, crown seat, crown seat, child exam, denture check, uh, second follow-up root canal, um, three fillings and something else. And you'll have a full schedule. Or I could put one patient with a three unit bridge, a, a, a root canal, and only one patient in the afternoon for a quadrant of fillings. Which would you rather have, full or productive? 
Yeah, productive, okay. 100%. I'm so full with crown back, seats all day. That's not good. Right. Yeah. So going back to your question about 5,000, I train our front desk to have consistent, productive days. So if our goal is 5,000, 6,000, 10,000, 1,000 over to 500 under. So I don't want to put so much pressure that every minute of every day we have to be full. We want to be productive and then grow. So if we hit 5,000 a day every day for the month, then next month our goal might be 5,500 a day. So we're making steady progression. We don't set a goal at the beginning of the year and say that's it because in, in July we hit it yeah. and then we're done for the rest of the year, right? Yeah. So when I come into my day, I've seen teams have a $5,000 or $6,000 on the books, have three openings and spend three or four hours trying to fill an opening in two hours, which is non-productive use of time. I'd rather look on the next day and the next day and the next day, making it more and more productive. So productive right. is more important to full. But your question, I think you're asking is, how do I fill it if I want to? That so, was, so that was the second part. So for the first portion, in order to have a productive, perfect day, however you want to call it, you truly do need to understand, well, what is a perfect day? For you. For you, yeah. right? And right. ultimately, it really is to regardless of, unless you truly are for this day, I only want to do crown seats. Uh, but for the most part, nine out of 10 times, it is going to be production. So you need to schedule to your production goal. Once you now know what that is, it's then making sure that you're able to fill up those appointments with dollars. So to your point then, or what you mentioned earlier is saying, now if I, you have these holes in your schedule, then what you're wanting to do is to, in order to fill those holes, uh, have the best batting percentage by getting patients who have treatment already presented and get those patients scheduled rather than getting the Katie's who have perfect teeth. Right. <laughs> and there's not, and I want to get Katie in as well, but I want to make Correct. the best choices. And in to, before I can do anything here, you know, the practice is like, you know, we've got the practice are the screws and the screwdriver is the tool, right? That's kind of old school. But what I love is dental intel is a, a power drill, right? So I need the right tool for the job. And so putting that screw in is a little easier, right? That's your practice. And so instead of using a screwdriver old school way, we want to use the tools we have that dental intel can allow us to help. So when I'm looking, I'm going to go into my recare pie chart as an example. And what I'm looking for are patients who've been in recently, last six months, that need the most treatment. And that's where I'm going to start calling. And you can see in this practice, you know, this is where our effort is. So that's for filling our hygiene schedule. Then if we have holes on the doctor's schedule, I'm going to use my patient finder tool. And I'm going to jump in and just pull in patients that... Uh, I, I'll do a search. So let's say I have a 45 minute opening. I'm going to look for patients needing fillings that have been in within a certain time frame. And you can use, you know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. They've recently been in, they're motivated. Um, and maybe I need a crown prep. I'm going to pull patients who need crown preps. And I'm going to use those two tools, i.e. my power drill, instead of having to run reports in Dentrix, Open Dental, Eagle Soft, or heaven forbid you don't have one of those three, I don't want to have to run these reports and just look for anybody. The other thing that I'm able to use in my power tools is I can find patients that are better matches when I use, you know, kind of the quick fill that Dental Intel has provided us as well by the best match. 
So when I click on, I have an opening in my schedule, I hit my best match, and that then pulls up the patients that would best fill my schedule for that particular day, or the most likelihood should we reach them. But in addition to this, Curtis, we wanna make sure that we're creating the follow-ups and that we have systems, right? Because one of the problems you can have is you call, let's say Katie old school on a Dentrix EagleSoft open dental list is her first name is Adams and my name is Zimbrowski. All the Adams are gonna get called a hundred times. We're never gonna get to the Z's. Mm -hmm. So we wanna make sure we have a sequence of who we call, when we call, when we leave a message, when we hang up, when we send a local med link. We wanna use all these tools together. So two you parts. If you, have, yeah. if you have open time on recall, I'm going to my pie chart and looking for them. And if I'm looking to fill my doctor's schedule, I'm going to go to my recent, uh, particularly this month, I'm going to go into my restorative elective cases. And I'm going to, again, look for the patients who are just in who need my care. And I'm going to look for anybody that was zero accepted on anything we newly diagnosed. And I'm going to follow up with them quickly and timely. And then I'm going to use my patient finder for filling the doctor's schedule with a more specific case. So for example, right here's 1500 that was just in on the 1st of June that didn't schedule. This would be an ideal person to contact, right? So in addition to this, you know, do you, do you or Katie know the number one reason patients leave a practice? Uh, is it uh, the smell of the office? Well, that's the leave, you know. leave is in never coming back. Well, the biggest reason yeah, is actually a lack of indifference or caring yeah. by the doctor's yeah. staff. So 64% leave because they think you don't care. So imagine if you oh, will, interesting. imagine if you will, someone tells you at your visit three weeks ago, Curtis, that you needed a crown, but for one reason or another, without good systems, I don't follow up for you for 60 to 90 days. When my team does call you, why am I calling? Because I care, or I want your money. Right. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's typically the latter. Because right. the doctor's over their shoulder saying, hey, I need to fill my schedule. Exactly. So and we set it up the minute you walk out the door, within 14 days, you're being contacted by our office because we know with the tools we have, who are the patients we just saw that did not get our care we need. So we send them a letter as soon as they walk out the door. Hey, I know you didn't schedule and I care. My team's going to contact and follow up with you. And so right away, when you get home within three days, you get this letter and a photo of your tooth. And we're like, hey, we're going to be following up with you because Dr. Marshall really cares. Right. So mm. we work our recall pie chart and we work our unscheduled treatment collectively. Together. We get bust in the chair. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing that's funny is I was just at a wedding over the weekend. Uh, his name's, my friend's name is Chris Zalig with a Z. Uh -huh. And we were tough talking along the lines of, we actually started talking about uh, healthcare and uh, dental, obviously. There's, I, you know, it seems like most conversations I have go right back to dental. That's my life. Yeah. What do you think dental lives that life, right? I don't, yeah, I don't have any, I, yeah, I don't have conversations that don't include dentistry. <laughs> yeah. And so, and he's not dental. He's over, he does marketing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but he said, I love that my last name starts with a Z because 
I rarely get called. <laughs> like he recognized it as wow. a marketing person. Uh-huh. So Kelly, this is a great point. Yeah. And you sharing, hey, rather than using that uh, old the old tool, use a power tool. I mean, we're what twenty twenty one. We should yeah. have flying cars by now, but we at oh, least and we kind of yeah. do. But I mean, if you think about day planners and file cabinets and re- answering machines and pages, pages, they're all obsolete, but they're not that old, right? Yeah. So, you know, our, our our why for doing this and even talking today is that we know that our systems combined with DI equals results. So, you know, you asked me a question and I'm going to kind of leave you here. I apologize. But, you know, getting butts in the recall into hygiene chair, keeping hygiene poles important. We agree on that. Keeping the doctor, we can agree on that. So you guys monitor hundreds and hundreds of, of practice, thousands of practices, actually. Yep. Over 8,000. Two of the numbers that I find that are really give me the pulse of all my practice tools and systems are patients acceptance for every 10 patients we present work to how many schedule or complete the work when they walk out the door and of the dollars we present, how much of the dollars presented schedule. So what is a good number in your opinion? As far as which one, people case, or dollars? Case, I'm going to let you take case this. Case acceptance? Oh, as a percentage, oh. what's a good case acceptance? Oh, I would say over 90%. Over 90%, 90% Katie, for people saying yes. So if I present yes. to 10 people, 90% should say yes. I agree with Katie on that. I, I think well, that's right. I, I think that's way wrong. I, that's the goal. But what percentage of the practice do you think oh. are performing at that level? That's oh. really Yeah. Not very many. Well, I know. I, based on, based on the data that we look at, they sit around 40 to 50. 40, 50% of the patients do, yeah. do, uh, do their treatment. That's what your yep. data shows with the majority of your clients, right? That's the average. Yes. Yep. All right. And what percentage of the dollars are scheduling? I believe it's 30%. All right. So, the high 20s. So look at this. This is what our normal is with our systems, with your tools of DI. Last year, 64% of the dollars scheduled. Out of 2 million presented, a million three scheduled. And out of the patients, here's another, uh, out of the patients on that same practice, 93% of the patients scheduled. So out of 3,800 treatment plans, 3,600 were scheduled for 93% of the patients. Here's another one where they presented over the course of a year, they presented 2 million in dentistry. They had a million three scheduled for 64% of the dollars. This is the elite, and it's not that you can't do it, but you've got to have the systems that we're talking about today. You need the, yeah. the power drill instead of the screwdriver to really mm. make this happen. Yeah. So the one, yeah, no, I didn't mean to cut you out there. The one thing that I mean, this is obviously a love letter to DI because we work here, and Kelly uses it, and he, and, and yeah, <laughs> Kelly is able to use yes. that power drill. Yeah. But, and obviously there are other, other ways to, to achieve this, but there's one thing as a hygienist before I came here and I work, I use dental until is it really, there are so many different ways to achieve filling the holes in the chairs. Like you talked about follow-ups, patient finder, restorative elective cases, there's cancellations and no-show lists. Right. There's so many ways to go about doing it. And based off of your goal, it can be achieved. It, you know, and follow-ups are follow-ups to unscheduled treatment and follow-ups for filling the schedule are out of recare, right? Yeah. But I want to make sure the teams are cautious. Why, when someone no-shows, would they be on the top of my list to call back? You're setting yourself up to fail. You know, if right. you don't give me the courtesy to call me at least 24 hours in, in advance, 
I don't see you as a value. Now on the other side, or the patient doesn't see the practice as a value. Now on the other side, I like to go to my cancellations. And when I'm pulling up who are the patients that canceled, the first thing I'm looking And the for, reason why is because those people who canceled gave you more than 24 hour notice because exactly. they knew that so their they, they knew that their appointment was yeah, uh, they, they, they care a little it. more. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. care a little more. So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go into my restorative cases, find out of the patients who, for example, this you know, you get somebody who scheduled a crown, it's I wanna see if they're rescheduled. Or if I want to do quick fill on hygiene, I'll go to the hygiene patients who gave me at least 24 hours. And I'm going to call them and say, hey, I know you had to cancel. Appreciate the 24 hours. But Curtis, we had a change in our schedule this week. Would you like to come in? We'd like, a, you know, we'd appreciate you helping us out. So Brilliant. again, Katie, I totally agree. There are different ways. But one of the things that DI gives us is the ability to choose the best patient. So a cancellation is a better patient than a no-show. But at yeah. the last minute, if I had a no-show today, um, you know, somebody called this morning and canceled at two o'clock, I might call somebody who no-showed yesterday and say, hey, Katie, we know yesterday you had to give a short notice, but we had a short notice today. Could you help us out and come in today? But again, I'm going to call you, not if you're just a cleaning, but if you need treatment, right? You don't have a bad history. And one to of the, the things goal. I can do- Right. Yeah, and one of the things I can do with dental intel is I can even look and see if you have a history of canceling or no showing. So if you're a 50 50 chance of showing, I might not even give you that courtesy, sort of a don't call me. I'll call I looked you. at that number all day long. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you Good another thing. tool. In the morning, Good thing my uh, office doesn't utilize that tool right now because they Come would on, never Curtis. call me. You'd never get an appointment. <laughs> nope. Come on, Curtis. So, so here's a Another tool I like to use when I'm looking at today in my morning huddle, I'm looking at the patients who are coming in today that have unscheduled treatment, but I'm looking at also at the patients. Um, if I'm a hygienist, as an example, I've got nine patients coming in today and none of these first three patients need treatment and none of them have done treatment. None of them have referred their friends. I may not be offering them an eight or nine o'clock appointment down the road, because I got a thousand people are overdue that are really wanting to mm -hmm. see me. So I don't want to exactly. give my most desired time. Whoa, 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 whoa. I've never heard you say this. Wait a second. Sorry. I'm stopping you. <laughs> I'm ahead. a cross guard that just walked out okay. crossing some kids across the street. I'm going to say this one more time. What I just heard, and this is brilliant. I've really never thought of this, Kelly. You're telling me that if a patient doesn't have a, a treatment in their treatment planner versus somebody who does have treatment in their treatment planner, you want to schedule the patients with treatment in their treatment planner in the morning. And then I'm going to finish the statement because then if they come in the morning, we can get them uh, accept treatment so they can actually do the treatment on that same day. Is it, that it, why? It, it, no. What I'm saying oh. is I've got a thousand people overdue Right. Right. Of which say a hundred need treatment. Okay. I would rather give them an opportunity to get in my practice than somebody who keeps coming in every morning, every six months, eight months. Now, okay. most of my practices, Curtis, let's go back to a couple things. Same day treatment is always great. It's a great way to grow a practice. But if I've scheduled you effectively and correct and to goal, 
you're going to have very little opportunity minus a cancellation no-show to do same-day treatment. So it comes back to what is my goal. If I'm a high PPO or maybe a Medicaid, Medicare practice where patients in the chair, let's do it now, that might be our focus. And then we want patients for the reason you mentioned. But if I'm more of a fee-for-service or traditional insurance, I'm probably going to be scheduled to goal. The other part is if, depending on the number of operatories. So if I've got an overflow room, I've got a, a doctor down in Florida and a couple others, but they bring in one assistant and their goal every day, she works all day, but their goal every day is one patient in the morning and one in the afternoon to do same day treatment. So I would say to Katie, Katie, if you'd like to do this today and you've got a little extra time, we can work you in with Anna and she's going to take care of you. You're going to be the only patient over on that side. We're going to start and stop, but we can take care of this. You don't have to come back. And our goal is one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So if you think of what one quadrant of fillings or one crown would do in addition to your $5,000 day, it can be big. My point, yeah, Curtis, what did you call that, Katie? You called that... Uh... Exponential growth. Exponential growth. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you but, know, and also it's just what's best for the patient. Like it always comes back to that. That is it. Yeah, if you can get <laughs> really a patient is. in today, if time allows it, or the sooner I can get you in, the less chance of you having a dental emergency, right? Right. But when I'm looking at my entire morning, and this is a really, really strong practice, but their whole morning is filled with patients who don't need treatment, right? So if they just keep pre-appointing, that's a problem right? The yeah, other old, yeah. old school thing is this. I say to uh, Curtis, you ask me, hey, Kelly, you're my hygienist. You say, hey, Kelly, uh, would you like to schedule your six-month cleaning? Old school, hygien uh, old school hygiene. I, as a patient, say, well, Curtis, I really don't know my schedule. I'm going to have to get back to you. What do you think most hygienists say? Okay. Elect no, Let, most hygienists, well, most hygienists were trained to say, we'll just put you on the schedule and then. <laughs> if you need to cancel, then, you just call. Yeah, yes, so you exactly. gave me permission to cancel. Instead, yep. what I'm going to say is, Curtis, since you don't know your schedule, which day of the week is best to reach you? I'm going to call you, you know, the first week of January, which day? Tuesday. I'm going to pick Tuesday and I'm going to make a follow-up to call you Tuesday after two on your cell. And then I'm going to say, Curtis, I'm going to ask you a favor. When we call you, leave you a message, we'll also send you a link that you can schedule with local med. But when we call you, either go online or schedule, or Curtis, will you call me back so I don't have to chase you down? Yeah. And so I'm not going to give you an appointment that I hope you show, creating stress for my front desk when you cancel. I'm going to create a follow-up when it's closer to the time that you're due, and you better know your schedule that you can make an appointment you can commit to. But Kelly, that's so hard. Yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a yeah. that's a loft pitch for you. No, by the way, but, Kelly, but, that's so hard. What hard? Yeah, to call a patient. I just want to schedule you because now I've checked the box and I've scheduled you. I've got everything that the doctor and the hygiene coordinator want me to do. I got it scheduled. I don't have to call you again. Uh, so I'm done. Not you don't have to call me as my hygienist. You have to make a reminder for our team to call you, right? Yeah, and this, so one of the, one of the things we teach is we teach the whole team how to make follow-ups, right? So how do you use it's, no harder, it's no harder to create a follow-up within Dental Intel than it is to make an appointment that you may not keep at all. And to that point, you know, you're, you're not all our listeners are online, but if you're looking at the screen, our entire team are making phone calls 
And this year they've scheduled over 52,000 in recall through June. And with our systems and follow-ups for unscheduled treatment, year to date, we've scheduled another 45,000 in unscheduled treatment. So I don't want patients just making appointments that we hope will show. That's more work. Just create a quick follow-up in dental intel to call you instead of making the appointment. So we coach them through that. And it's not. Yeah. And Kelly, that the reason I've heard you talk about this before, and that is a very different opinion than a lot of other people have. And as a hygienist and the way that I've been taught by other people, it's a very different philosophy and it's kind of opened up my mind because, and really it's because of um, I was practicing, you know, through COVID, right? And when we all when we all shut down, and then we came back, none of us had anybody on our schedules. Right. And but a lot of us got everything scheduled, booked out really quickly. And so it it really does say to your point that you don't need a lot of six months in advance to get people on the schedule. You just need good systems in place. Right. And follow ups does that. Right. The old, yeah. the old school mentality was everybody left with an appointment. That was that was the way I taught when I started and for many, many right. years. And then I hooked up with Dental Intel. And it's like I bought a microwave instead of a fire pit. Right. I now have a powerful tool that's quicker. So, again, I would rather have people on the schedule. And, and let's face it, as long as tomorrow is full every day, that's all that matters. Being <laughs> right. booked three, four, five weeks out is just a luxury but it's also can be a curse because yeah. if I'm booked full for three months with people who don't need work and my new patients can't get in, that's an issue, you know? And, and again, when I go to my recall pie chart in dental Intel, I see a bunch of people that are overdue who need treatment. And I look at a full schedule next week with a bunch of people who don't, I'm pulling my hair out going, we've got the wrong patients guys. Yeah. So, and it so can be really again, frustrating. Yeah. So again, I want people who need our care, who will show, not people who think they will show and then cancel. I mean, Curtis, would you rather have a full schedule tomorrow that just made appointments or a full schedule that you hope are going to show? Oh, 100%. I'd I'd rather know I've got three openings this week to fill than three people I don't know if they're going to show up to the last minute because dental intel has given us that tool that power drill, if you will, to find the patients in short notice. I mean, it, yeah. it's and I, I had, as a hygienist, I was, I'm, I was double booked. I had an assistant, right? And I worked one day a week. My dad was the dentist. My brother was the dentist. And so a lot of people, just because of the way it is with family, they all wanted to get in and see me. Come all, all six of you, all <laughs> yeah. six of them coming at the same time. Yeah. Well, and so my schedule was always full with recare, right? It was always right. full with, you know, and I would, you know, doing it this way would allow more scaling and replaning and, and for me, more fun cases to do, yeah. you know, as opposed to just and the same thing. better care for yes. the public yeah. in no, your I'm, community. I'm yeah. a big yeah. believer that you got to talk the talk and walk the walk, right? And so I've seen a lot of other coaches who I respect teach different ways. And there's no one way that's correct. But what I love so much is now I can kind of prove my theory, if you will. For example, this is an office that had, uh, uh, and for those of you not listening, they had 2,600 hours of hygiene. We kept 2,344 of them, 0.89 patients per day with one hour profies. That's a 90% show rate. 
right? So we're not scheduling everybody in advance. We're scheduling the patients we will know. So we have less cancellation and no shows when we do it this way and less stress on the patients because I don't know what I'm doing six months from now on a Tuesday at two o'clock. Sure, make that appointment, right? And I really don't care if I cancel or no show, but if you have systems and take control, and again, I can show with the way I'm teaching with the numbers of practice after practice, we have a really good show rate when we make some tweaks with you know, the dental intel and with local med, we're crushing it in most of our offices. So to your point, really to schedule the perfect patient, if I have 10 openings in my schedule, that's what I have available, Right. I would much rather have nine of those filled with uh, somebody absolutely they're going to come versus all 10 of them filled and have three to four or two to three break their appointments. And you I would much rather know that these people are going to show up than a full schedule and hoping and having people break their appointments. Yeah. Kelly, this is awesome material i hope hope some people are going to go talk to their office managers or their doctors if you're an office manager and say hey look look at this concept of using a power drill to fill the right seat of the right patients in our chairs yeah i I literally in some of my offices that are resistant to change in new technology right you take a board you have five screws in a screwdriver and you give it to the old school person, and then you give somebody five screws, a board, and a power drill, and say, let's have a contest to see who can put all five screws in the board quickest, right? And that's what Dental Intel gives us the ability to do, right? We're able to become way more productive. So these are just a few tools that I use, Curtis, to really help us, you know, be more productive. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. You know, we just like to use, like I said, the power drill versus the old school way. But knowing your recare, your recare numbers, those are the real effective things. You know, it's about retention, case acceptance, and effective systems. You know, know your systems, use all your tools. The other, shut the door on, you know, patients that have gone 18 months past due. You know, we can bring patients in, but we want to shut the back door because retention is really the key. So, um. So before we let you go, Kelly, and this has been amazing, by the way, yeah, really great. I, I once again, everybody, I I get to meet with this man on a regular basis, him and his team, and consistently team picking up great, <laughs> picking up great uh, things. I, I mean, I had to be the uh, crossing guard and stop the. Stop the podcast for a second. Um, I, anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, but we want to we ask, we ask all of our guests the same question. What does is, what is growth in dentistry look like to you? We ask that question because it, mean, it means so much. So, so, so different. different, different, different it's for widely different yeah. for everyone. Yes. So what, so what does it mean to you? What does it look like to you? Growth, growth to me or what I try to do with my practice is find out what is your ideal day, right? Doing the type of procedures you want on the patients you know with people you enjoy. And so, you know, it goes back to something simple. If you come to work every day and you enjoy the people you're working with, that's growth. Cause a lot of people put up, you know, Anna and I are our team. We only work with the practices we really like. One of the things that we're trying to help our practices achieve is what we call the positive 16, which means if we want to grow our practice to a certain level, and sometimes it's a little higher, but let's say we want to grow by 16 new patients a month and we're losing 15, well, we got to get what, 31, 32 new patients. 
but we want to see our growth chart by 16 positive patients, not below that. So you get 10 in and 10 out, you're a zero growth. We want to get 20 in, have no more than, you know, 15, 14 out. So we get 16 new patients. Um, mm -hmm. Average practice is going up with a single doctor and double hygiene is going up about 200,000 a year. Um, all but about five of our practices out of our hundred that we monitor uh, had their best year ever last year with COVID. Uh, the only ones that did not were the really bigger groups that do 200,000 plus. They had a hard time making up those two months, but they definitely closed the gap. All of them, when we look at their production per hour, had more productive uh, production per hour. They just work less hours. So growth to me is being happier today than I was yesterday, working on patients, doing what I enjoy doing with the team I enjoy doing it with. That's growth. Mm. Very well said. Very well said. Bravo. Well, thank you so much. This, this has been Growth and Dentistry, a dental intelligence podcast. Again, special thanks to our guest, Kelly Schwartz from Consulting Group, uh, Schwartz Consulting Group. You can check him out at, what's your webpage again? Uh, right, there, right there, kellyschwartz.com. There it is, And uh, This link will be on our, all the links that we have to our dental intel and to our YouTube channel will be on our show notes. And you can find all these related links and other podcasts and many more on that page at dentalintel.com. Thank you again to Curtis Marshall for joining us today. And thanks again to Tyler Johnson, our product specialist and sound engineer. I'm Katie Polson. Keep growing. <laughs>